0: Welcome back, everybody. It's another season of FPL Hit or Quit. I am joined by Io today.
1: Hey, guys. I know it's been a while, but uh, it's good to be here.
0: Yes, it is. And our new season is starting. And I think we have a, a league that you guys should join.
1: Yeah, so don't miss out. Join our league. It's public. Uh, you can just join by with the code of J45Y1L. All
0: right, there you go. Make sure to join the league. Uh, we'll all be uh, competing in there, and we had a really close competition last season, and a lot of top 50K finishes, lots of top 100Ks, so pretty competitive league. Make sure to join it. Um, all right, so a basic rundown for this season, as it is still preseason, and we have a couple of weeks, I think 19 days before the season officially starts. We have some episodes coming up. So today, we're basically going to talk about some promoted teams. Uh, we're going to talk about Bournemouth, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, we're going to talk about some new signings as well within the league and from outside of the league that have come into the Premier League and their price ranges and their values. And then um, we'll have one more episode in the preseason, which will basically be like a price reaction episode where we're going to just talk about new prices for players, the um, our opinions about their value. And then after that, the a couple of days leading up to the, the first game week, we will have... Uh, preview episode pretty much where we'll just preview the, the first week look ahead and we'll also just talk about our drafts and some of the players we are personally enticed by Does that sound about right
1: yeah that sounds about right so um let's get go into the promoted teams this year coming from the championship we have Bournemouth Nottingham Forest and Fulham Fulham are back it's it's definitely been a while since you've seen Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest, to say the least, uh, playing in the Premier League. But um, let's start with Bournemouth. Let's look at Bournemouth's team. Uh, Ahmed, be honest. Did you even consider a Bournemouth player when you first drafted your team?
0: Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> Bournemouth, to me, is the most boring out of the promoted teams in terms of FPL. They weren't the best attacking team that was Fulham. They weren't necessarily great defensively either. Um, all their players are obviously very cheap. All their defenders are priced at 4.5. Um, one interesting defender maybe is Fredericks, who used to play for West Ham, who's on there for, I think, a year or two at loan. And, uh, he's, he's pretty much really versatile. He can play in the wing back, center back, full back, so he'll definitely play a lot, but I mean, I, that's you want if you want two points a week, yeah, get Fredericks sure. But <laughs> this dude's not exactly no one in Bournemouth is really that exciting. And on top of that, their first fixtures are pretty horrible. They have Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool in their first four games. So, honestly, there's nothing to look at if you ask me. Uh, yeah, you can look at their striker in Dominic Solanke, six million. But uh, I mean, last time he's in the Premier League, get three goals. Like, it doesn't really interest me. Anything for you, Io.
1: No, no, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I um, I'm I didn't consider anyone. I mean, definitely Fredericks. He's one name that I recognized, when I, when looking at uh, Bournemouth, but I mean, I skipped through them pretty quickly. I was pretty quick though to to bring in one Nottingham Forest player,
0: All and that's right.
1: Neko Williams, um, priced at four million, on loan from Liverpool. You know he's gonna play. Um, he's more of just uh, I mean, he's not going to be in your starting eleven every week, but you know, just once in a while, if you're feeling like you can play someone like him, um, at four million, he's someone who's I'm happy to sit on the bench and also is guaranteed ninety minutes,
0: yeah, I honestly really like that pick. As far as four million defenders go, he's one of the very few that you can consider. Uh, actually looking back I did realize I forgot one guy at Bournemouth but he's not definitely at Bournemouth yet but there are rumors that Nathaniel Phillips or Liverpool will also join Bournemouth and he's another just option who at the moment he is listed at four million so if he did join Bournemouth he could be another four mil option but to be honest the guy you're talking about is I think much preferred to me Nico Williams plays the wing back position as well in this uh, Bournemouth and this Nottingham team they play a counter-attacking formation so I think Nico Williams could be very, very good to be honest in terms of attacking returns, and also they have good fixtures to start off. They're, they have new guys, actually not the best fixtures, but but regardless, there he has good attacking potential. And for four million, you can't really go wrong. I don't expect like a John Lundstrom type of uh, season, but uh, four million saves money, lets you uh, invest in your midfield, and as a fifth player, especially someone on the bench, that can be really useful.
1: I mean, it does make me feel a little bit better defensively that we have a uh, Dino Henderson in goal for Nottingham Forest.
0: That honestly, I think that is a good option too because this season there aren't really any standouts in front and in, in, uh, when it comes to the four point five keepers. So Dean Henderson obviously made a is a great keeper. Like he's has a lot of Premier League experience, and on top of that. One stat I found interesting is last season, Nottingham's goalkeeper, Samba, made 2.9 saves a game. So obviously he left the team, but Dean Henderson was signed as a replacement. If they're conceding the same amount of chances or maybe easier chances, and Dean Henderson can replicate something close to 2.9 saves a game, that could be really fruitful for FPL because obviously it takes three saves for a a save point in in this game. So definitely something to look out for.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how many... I mean, I see Nottingham Forest conceding quite a few goals. So, at the same time.
0: True. I can't argue with that. But uh, as far as 4.5s go, he's definitely an option to consider.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure, for sure.
0: Anyone else on this Nottingham team interesting to? Not to me. Yeah, I want to see. I would agree. There was this one guy... Brennan Johnson, their they're forward, he scored, I think, 16 or so goals last year. Six million, though, is, um, I don't know, not def- definitely not someone I would consider. But if you have some faith in Nottingham, then why not?
1: <laughs> why not? I think they're, I think if anyone's looking at a promoter team, it's going to be full. You know, it's not been long since they've been relegated. Mm-hmm. You know, Mitrovic is back after yes. a record scoring season in the championship.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely the most interesting team.
1: Why would you or why would you not get Mitrovic? <sighs>
0: okay, so Mitrovic is six and a half million. And yeah. he did score what I think like 43 goals in the championship last year, which is just ridiculous. Or something, something ridiculous. Something along that those lines. But then 40 again, plus. every time he's been in the prem, like it's not like he has never played in the prem before. He's had a few seasons. He's never topped eleven goals, which is still like not horrible. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm still yet to see like how Fulham perform in the Premier League. They definitely lost a couple of players and also gained a couple, uh, got a couple of signings. So I want to see how their team plays out. They were one of the best attacking teams in the championship history. They had um. Seventy nine goals last year, and by far the best goal difference. So they also did concede a lot of goals. They conceded thirty one. So I don't know. They definitely more of an attacking team than a defensive one. So I think that knocks out a lot of their defenders or their keeper. But if there are a couple of players to consider, it's Mitrovic for sure at six point five, and then I would say as well, um, uh, what's his name, the Harry Wilson. He's like at Gary Wilson. 6 million. He, had, he was assisting a lot of uh, Mitrovic's goals last year. And obviously he has some Premier League experience and he has done a good job in the past in limited minutes. So I think Harry Wilson could definitely be a player. And then one player that I think the most highly owned player on Fulham and I think maybe someone you could speak on is Andreas Pereira. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had, uh, I, I, I put him in my, in my team before even the transfer went through, <laughs> um, yeah. but I mean, right at 4.5, it made sense that he was priced at 4.5 being that he was still at United, but I think 4.5 for Andreas Pereira at Fulham, who's guaranteed to play. He's going to kind of, my guess is he's going to become their creative outlet. Kind of, he's going to have the same effect on Fulham than Coutinho has on Villa and um you know, he's going to be that creative player for them who plays down the middle because Harry Wilson plays a little bit more off the right. And I think he's going to have a lot of success playing off of Mitrovic, who's, a, you know, quite the target man. And in the Premier League where Mitrovic, um, you know, he doesn't have the, the... He's not as fast, you know, he's not, up, he's not a, up to the pace of the Premier League. So I think Andreas Pereira is going to become a very important player uh, in Fulham's attack, so he, I think I think uh, Jasper for point from for, for four point five is a great option.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think I, especially as like a fifth midfielder at that four point five price range, there's not many players you can find who are going to play pretty much week in week out and also have a big role in the offense. So I think he definitely is a great option if you are looking for a fifth midfielder, especially for the for your bench. If you're relying on him to start on your team, then I wouldn't be the most excited about that. But there's a reason he's 22% owned. That's because he's a great bench option. Super reliable. Yeah. All right. So is that that's pretty much it for the promoted teams, unless there's anyone we missed out.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's possible.
0: Yeah, probably not. Um, how about we talk about some new signings then? I think a little bit more of an exciting prospect.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, why don't we start with some of the goalkeepers? But well, I don't even know how many there are. But I think the main one, if I'm, if there is one, it's gonna be Nick Pope coming out back out of finally left Burnley. He's back in, still in the Premier League. Newcastle have signed him. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think Pope is a great goalkeeper. For five million, is it with a gamble when you can get another player like De Gea? Or a lot of, I mean, there's only three five point five and a, a lot of fives. Saw is five point is five million as well for Wolves. So I, I don't know if I trust Newcastle enough, but Pope at five is a cheeky new signing.
0: Honestly, I'm a huge fan of Nick Pope. I mean, he's a bit of an FPL legend. Like he's had some really incredible seasons in the past for for teams like Burnley. And yeah, that's true. He's someone who, at that $5 price range, I see a lot of people interested in someone like Edward Mendy for Chelsea. But uh, if you ask me, I would prefer Nick Pope. Like, I just think he has much higher potential for save points, for bonus points. Like, Edward Mendy might get you consistent, like, six-pointers from the clean sheets, right? But when Nick Pope manages to get a clean sheet or get a couple saves, like, he can hit those 10-point marks pretty easily. And that can be really uplifting to your team as getting that from your goalkeeping position. So honestly, I think I'm personally going with a 4.5 keeper probably, but if I was to look into a 5 million price range, I definitely think Nick Pope is the best of the bunch. And I think Newcastle definitely are on the rise and are improving every season.
1: Interesting, interesting. Definitely something to keep in mind. I also do like Nick Pope because Newcastle have not only made reinforcements in their goalkeeper, but they've also made reinforcements in the back. Trippier's coming off. His first season, um, and they signed um Botman from Lille, and he's only 4.5 as well. That's another great
0: shout, and I think that's something to consider for sure. That's a great point that Newcastle are improving their defense, and that should only help Nick Pope's point prospect. I mean, Nick Pope managed 170 points three seasons ago, which is ridiculously high. That's as high as I think Allison or Ederson. So <laughs> definitely someone to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah. Rich help. Definitely. All right. So, how about some defenders? There's some quite a few new defenders to look at.
0: Why don't we start with, I think, the most popular one, at least the ones in drafts and in terms of ownership, and that's uh, Ivan Perisic
1: for Tottenham. So shocked. I was so shocked when I found out he was a defender.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he has been playing that wing-back role for Inter Milan, and I think he'll definitely slot in there for Spurs. Um, obviously, 5.5 for Spurs defender with their great fixtures sounds honestly very good to me on paper. But I, I do have concerns in terms of his fitness levels. I heard he hasn't been playing much in preseason up until this point. And on top of that, I am a little worried because Spurs do have a lot of depth in those fullback positions. And it seems like Conte is ready to let anyone play there. It seems like Cesignon might play some wing back. It seems like Lucas Mora might play some wing back. And on top of that, they already have uh Tanganga who's played wing back in the past. And and uh, I'm forgetting region as well, who is uh, who also had some great moments in the last couple of seasons for Spurs. So there is definitely no shortage of competition and Perisic is 33 years old, but, well, I don't know. What are your thoughts on him?
1: I mean, similar to you, for sure. Um, I just think it's a little bit of a gamble. Um, no one really knows. Because he could just be a sub for Son, you know, Mm -hmm. and play that left-wing position. So, like, nobody – I mean, it's true. If he's a starter, it's a great play. Like, it's a great guy to have. You know he's going to get attacking returns and then the clean sheets every now and again. But um, I just think it's a big gamble. For 5.5, I mean, you already have the big three defenders, Reese James or Chilwell. Uh, you have Trent and Bravo, and then you have Walker or or Cancelo, and um, I don't see I'm I i do not see myself having or I don't see myself needing four defenders that are five million or above. So um, for me, Perisic doesn't look so attractive right now. However, if Spurs do play well this season, which they're very capable of doing, and Perisic is consistently getting at least those 60 minutes on the field, then I would circle back and revisit this, this conversation. But until that happens, I think he's not worth the money right now, especially when already defenders are expensive enough. So like you don't need another like premium defender, I mean, medium premium defender. Um, I'd rather have that 1 million to spend on, um, on a midfielder.
0: Yeah, I think we're in the same boat. I don't think Perisic, I think he's more of a wait and see for me, something to revisit. But uh, I mean, I do want to throw out that Spurs similar to Newcastle, another team that has bolstered in their defense and they just signed Longley, who's also listed at 5 million. And I definitely think that should help Spurs in their defensive uh, capability and I also think Longley maybe could potentially be an option if he goes straight into that starting uh, defense, same as Dyer. A lot of the a lot of the Spurs defenders at five million could be interesting if uh, if they do come out the bat, having a strong defensive team.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but like you said, I mean Spurs in general, I think is a little bit of a wait and see for me, at least <laughs> for the defenders.
0: Fair enough, I can agree with that. And uh, there's another couple signings listed here. Do you want to talk a little bit about them?
1: Yeah, this one uh, I like. I think it's a good signing from Aston Villa, Diego Carlos from Sevilla. Um, it's interesting. I think it's a great signing. Uh, from the FPL point of view, I don't know if I would get Diego Carlos. I would rather get. If I'm not mistaken, Mings is four point five. Yes, um, Yeah. So. In that situation, I wouldn't see myself getting Diego Carlos. But I do think it does. Or, or if, if you're going to go for the 5 million range at Aston Villa, then I would go for Mighty Cash because he's going to get more attacking returns. But I think it's a great signing. Um, and I think it does make other players at Aston Villa look more attractive.
0: I can definitely agree with that. That's definitely something to look out for. And what about your fellow uh, Man United signing?
1: <laughs> i think uh this one is a bit of a of a reach at least for this point of the season but mm-hmm. uh i do like Malassi. i think he's good i've been watching him in preseason uh i like what i've been seeing he's only 4.5 but uh i realistically don't think he's gonna start until later in the season
0: yeah that's um, i respect your realism <laughs> um 4.5 though you never know if Luke Shaw goes down, like, as he does quite frequently. Or, I don't know, is Alex Diaz still around?
1: Yeah, but he's been playing center back in PC for some okay. reason. But, yeah, he's, he's, someone he's to definitely someone to keep, keep an eye on him. You know, Shaw could easily get hurt, and Malasia will be the next in line to cover his position. So, for 4.5, if he does come on, then definitely a good, a good player to have.
0: Fair. Another big team player which we somehow skipped over is uh, a who just signed for Chelsea for five and a half million. What are your thoughts on that signing?
1: It's going to be interesting as well. I mean, it's definitely a good replacement for Rudiger. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good. I think it's a good signing for sure. But from again from the FPL point of view, uh, unless he's going to get the clean sheen po- points, like. I think uh, I think you might be better off spending a little bit more and going for one of the fullbacks. No, I, totally I do, but I do think it's a great signing. Again,
0: I I agreed, agreed. I think what Khalid Bali does is maybe open up a an opportunity for Rhys James and Chilwell to potentially play the wingback positions if they do continue to stick with their uh, three at the back, and that could definitely improve their value. And on top of that, I think also. Kulibali obviously at 5.5. Also does, I think, lessen Thiago Silva's role at 5.5. Just offers him more opportunities for rotation. So that's another thing to keep in mind in case you were like looking at Thiago Silva. But I think Kulibaly could be a good option for five and a half. I'd expect him to start every game, but I would I would definitely try and find that extra 0.5 and get Reese James or Chilwell with their attacking threat.
1: Couldn't agree more.
0: All right, so then there's another recent signing. Oh, Arsenal just signed Zinchenko off of Man City. How do you feel about that signing?
1: It's an interesting signing. Um, I think Arsenal are looking for depth in their team. But uh, I don't, I mean, unless Tyranny is injured, which is also very likely to happen. Yeah, um, yeah for 5 million, he's not guaranteed to start. I don't, I, I mean, I don't really see much of a point.
0: I agree. I think he was definitely signed as more of a squad player who can uh, play both in the midfield or the left-back position, but I don't expect him to start in either of those positions. If he did start to uh, get some minutes uh, in the starting 11 at the midfield, then I think it would definitely be more enticing. At 5 million, uh, that could be very interesting to have a starting midfielder at Arsenal. But um, uh, yeah, for now, it's also pretty much a wait-and-see for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, now, and now that he is gone, I mean, this is something you mentioned that Cucurella and City might happen.
0: Yeah, this is something I was reading about a lot recently in the news. And Cucurella from Brighton, a great, a great attacking left back, uh, only 23 years old. I mean, um, if City, obviously, if since Ivo Sinchenko, they do need a backup, they could sign Cucurella as their new uh, backup left back or potentially. Obviously Kyle Walker is getting on in age a little bit He's at 32. Maybe Cucurella could even start for City. And at that point, it gets very interesting. Because if Cucurella starts at the left back, leaving Cancelo at the right back, his natural right back position, I think Cucurella at only 5 million would be very exciting as a City player. And um, definitely something to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, 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 definitely keep an eye on that. I mean, for 5 million... I would take out Cancelo, save the 2.5, spend it somewhere else, 100%. But uh, right now, Cancelo, I mean, I don't know why I don't feel the same way with Kyle Walker, but uh, Cancelo is also just too good. Yeah.
0: I think Kyle Walker, I would definitely expect a lot of rotation from this season at that age that he's getting to. yeah,
1: That's that's also fair.
0: But, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how City look to line up for the start of the season. Because obviously, if Kyle Walker is the starter at 5 million, that is still another great option. And same goes to Cucurella. So it's definitely a wait and see to see what happens with Man City's uh, fullback rotation. Because Cancel is definitely going to be in there, but the opposite side is still up for grabs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to the fielders. Right. Yeah, I mean, fielders.
0: Who do you have? listed here you want to talk about?
1: All right. So there's one very, very interesting signing. Domestic signing from Manchester City to Chelsea is Raheem Sterling. Um, I think that's a very, very interesting signing, to be honest. I was not expecting it. However, at $10 he knocks Pulisic out of that starting position with kai havertz down the middle i don't know but uh sterling 10 million what do you think
0: i'm a huge fan of sterling at 10 million i i that that was something i was keeping an eye on the looming chelsea transfer and i think sterling in the past has proven he can be an 11 11 and a half value player and he can he's capable of scoring close to or up to 20 goals a season and I think in this Chelsea team, he really, I mean, he's won everything he wanted to win, except the Champions League, obviously, at City. And I think Chelsea will offer him the opportunity to take his game up another level. He's just entering his prime. He's 27 years old. And now he has the opportunity to be the star man, the main goal scorer. And I think, um, especially since Chelsea have kind of given up on finding a traditional striker and kind of want to play Kai Havertz as the false lion, I think that really enables Sterling to get into those dangerous positions we all know is great at getting to. And I think it could be very dangerous for Chelsea. And I mean, I, I'm most likely going to start the season with him and my team. I'm very excited about Sterling.
1: Okay, very interesting. I didn't read too much into it, but maybe I should read more into it. <laughs> yeah, definitely something I, I noticed that
0: Sterling, I was looking at his numbers. I'm like, this guy is way too good to be priced at this range. But I think that's what also makes him kind of difficult is because he's at 10 million, which is a very unique price point. It's probably a hard player to get to for a lot of players because if you already have two, uh, two premiums which are at the 11 and a half, 12 or 13 million, whether it's Salah, Holland, Kane, whatever combination, Son then Sterling, adding Sterling on top of that can be very tricky. And most people would rather prefer, I think, the 8 million players. But, uh, I mean, to each their own. But for me, I really like the idea of Sterling, and I, I hope he does hit the ground running at Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, you're right. It's a hard player. That 10 million category is a bit difficult this season. Um, What I would say is... I've had it very sort of clear that um, if I had a ten million player in my team, it would be Bruno.
0: Fair. Another great option.
1: But going back to Chelsea, um, I don't know. I just feel like so much comes from their fullbacks that even though he's gonna play well and do good, I don't see. I don't know that he's gonna have so much importance in the sense of assisting and scoring.
0: That's valid. Chelsea is definitely a different system from Man City. Definitely something to keep in mind. Um, I I I remain with my high hopes, but I mean it's definitely not out of the question. The one one other thing I think is like uh, an important consideration is at that ten million price point, even though it is hard to get to. If we do get there, there is a lot of maneuverability. So if I did, if say Sterling doesn't pop off at the start of the season, it would be very easy to drop him off to one of the 8 million midfielders, which there's a plethora of, or to pump him up to another um, premium midfielder or striker as well. So he does offer that uh, versatility in that sense.
1: Yeah, that's also very true. It's easy to go down.
0: Yeah, anyways, uh, Fabio Vieira, 6 million. What do you think of the signing?
1: I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, if you're looking at Arsenal, there's so much. The, all The other options are better. Uh, he's not guaranteed the start that I'm aware of, So, I mean, keep an eye on him for sure. But, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into him for the beginning of the season.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, another guy, Fabio Carvalho, just signed for Liverpool from Fulham. Had a fantastic season at Fulham. Definitely one of their best players. And everything I hear from Fulham fans is just raving reviews. But uh, obviously, he's listed at 5.5. And I think that is for a reason. Liverpool have so much depth in their attack at this point. They lost Sadio Mane, but they have Luis Diaz. They have Jota. They have Salah, obviously. They have Firmino. They have Darwin Nunez. I don't see Carvalho getting a lot of minutes. And I I think it's pretty much a non-option
1: for the time being. Yeah, me neither. At 5.5, no need. Yeah, and
0: a waste of a Liverpool slot. Don't don't put yourself in that box.
1: Yeah, that was so true. All right, so going from Leeds to City, we have Calvin Phillips, 5 million. I guess you'll be using Rodri Roger's Substitute and the heir at the City.
0: Yeah, whether but, he starts um, or not. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> he's a CDM. Yeah. He's like very much in that Conte role. Like, doesn't really have any FPL significance.
1: Yeah, no, definitely.
0: What about United's new signing in the attacking midfield?
1: Yeah, Christian Eriksen. Let's uh, let's see what he's capable of. Uh, I mean, six point five if he's a starter, that's great. Although at 6.5, you have Marcus Rashford, which is a steal, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, if he starts, and he, I mean, if he starts, if he starts, he won't be playing that number 10 role, because Bruno will take the number 10 role. But he'll be playing like an attacking number eight. So if he starts, I definitely like him as an option. But I wouldn't think that, I wouldn't think that meant that he would be in the number 10 role. So I think I would rather go for Rashford, but, uh, I mean, we've all seen Ericsson do it, do it for years and just now at Brentford. So he can definitely, definitely do some damage this year.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think, I think that Ericsson signing most of his implications probably come to that Brentford side more than the United side because he created so many of their chances last year. I, I struggle to see how players like Tony or Mbemo will keep up their scoring without Ericsson and their team. I think that's definitely yeah. more of what I'm concerned with.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: How about the strikers? Any new strikers that are interesting to you?
1: I mean, there's one big striker that I want be striker to talk about. I will say that I was initially not set. I mean, way before prices were revealed, all of that. I was like, Nah, I'm not going to get Holland in my team. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon. Uh-huh. I just, I really told myself, I'm not going to do it. I don't need him. He's overhyped. Then he comes out 11.5. I was like, holy stuff. I was like, what the hell? There's no way. There's no way I'm going to buy him for 11.5. I wasn't even willing to spend 10. And then I was like, how am I going to spend 11.5? And then I saw that he was the most owned player um, in fantasy in this year so far and then I was like yeah of course like I expected that because people are going to jump on the bandwagon I'm 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 not surprised and mm-hmm. then I think like a week passed maybe three four days passed and I was just you know looking at my team again and I was like Holland is really owned by 60 plus uh percent of managers and I'm just like ah shit and then I brought him in but um yeah I think Holland what I will say about Holland is Going back to what you said as well, it's super easy to take Holland out. If it it doesn't feel worth it, it's very easy to take out Holland. You either get Harry Kane, if you're lucky, um, or then you go into one of those like eight midfield, eight million uh, uh, strikers, sorry. But um, I just think there's a lot of risk with not having Holland right now because if he does hit the ground running and people start getting him in quickly, it's either, it's gonna, the price is gonna rise quickly, um, so I have him, I jumped on the bandwagon, what can I say, but uh, but at the same time, it's Erling Haaland, the guy's like a machine in scoring goals, so there's no reason as to why I should be scared of, of having him, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree, He's he's a monster, he's only 21 years old, there is obviously some concern about how he'll translate to the Premier League, but I honestly think he's a little underpriced at eleven and a half million. If you look at his goal scoring record, so especially that city lineup with all the great balls he's going to be fed, I think Holland could or could is more than likely to be a great pick at that price. Um, another guy that signed for a top club, Darwin Nunez, nine million. I I think that's a straight avoid. There's no guarantee that he's the starter. There's Firmino. There's Jota. That I just I would avoid that pretty easily.
1: I mean Jota's injured right now.
0: Yeah. And even then this Roberto Firmino. So I think at nine yeah. million for non-guaranteed starter is just way too much. If he does break into the starting role, definitely a wait and see kind of situation, if you ask me.
1: What I will say is I mean, definitely like you said, if he starts, it's a great deal. I think he will start. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I know in preseason he hasn't been too, he hasn't had the two sharpest games but he hasn't, he's barely played an hour and um, in between both games. And, um, you know, I think, I think there's potential for him. So I think keep an eye on him. Maybe don't rush, rush this decision because uh, I think there are better options right now at the 8 million. Uh, but I do think that uh, Darwin Nunez with Jota out of the picture for now could be a massive, uh, like, if he just, you know, if he starts well, he could be massive. But going back to the eight million strikers that I mentioned, another domestic transfer, Manchester City to Arsenal, is Gabriel Jesus. That is a signing I'm super excited about.
0: Him, I agree. Thoughts? Super exciting at eight billion. I think that's another player. I think he's very unique in that price range because at the striker position, there's the top couple strikers with Kane and Holland who interest me. And besides from that, it doesn't. There's no 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 one really until you get down to Gabriel Jesus. So if you are looking for a striker at that price point, I think he will start pretty much every game for Arsenal. I think he's he's a great goal scorer. He has good preseason form for what that's worth. He's been scoring and assisting. Definitely someone to keep an eye on. And right before, just to wrap things up, because we're almost out of time here, another guy, Richarlison, 8.5, similar to Nunez. I don't think he's guaranteed to start at Spurs. So therefore, not interesting to me. And also, there's obviously Man City's other signing, which is Alvarez at 6.5. If he does find a way to start, if Holland goes down or something, definitely interesting. But apart from that, I think that's definitely a no for me.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more.
0: Any final thoughts?
1: Nope. I think think that covers it.
0: All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.